Satan has an agenda that is being enacted around the world. And it is affecting every single one of us right now. We are going to expose a portion of Satan's master plan on this edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, there's so much prophecy happening right now. I I say this all the time. There's so much prophecy happening right now. It's almost hard for us to keep up with everything. I I get emails and, and correspondence from all over the world. And people are telling me what's going on in New Zealand and in Europe and in Asia, Israel, different places. They're trying to push for a cashless society in Israel as we speak. So we, we put out a DVD a few years ago called Satan's Master Plan for the End Time. And it talks about uh, the... Satan's master plan, which is revealed in Revelation chapter 13. And I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to focus on one portion of that today because it's something that we're going to wrestle with here in the very near future. I don't believe it's going to become the law of the land, the mark of the beast here in the United States. And I could, we could go into that in future lessons about the United States and our role but it's something that we're watching right now, and it's really around the world. But I'll, I'll focus here on the United States and how this plan has been enacted, Satan's plan, for the end time, for just over 100 years now. If you have seen the DVD, Satan's Master Plan, you already know where I'm going. But I'm going to go through some of that information today because everybody needs to understand what's really happening here in the United States. So... With that said, we'll go off into my first article here. The Federalist, one of my news sources here in the United States, a reliable news source, they published an article, How the Government Will Try to Take Over Crypto. Now, I know a lot of you are invested in cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and some of the different ones, and a lot of my friends are invested in that. But the federal government hates that because they can't control you. And so they're going to try to regulate that. So I wanted to talk about this today because it's part of Satan's plan being enacted in the end time. And I'm not sensationalizing this at all. Wait till you hear this information. You'll want to follow me till the end of the program because I'll tie it all in right there in the end uh, with what Joe Biden's doing. Now... According to this article from The Federalist, the federal government has historically shown its determination 
to gain control over new markets. And cryptocurrency will likely be one of those same efforts. They do not want parallel markets running together. In other words, our government doesn't want any, any kind of a, a method of, of currency other than the dollar, right, here in the United States. So when cryptocurrency came in into play in Bitcoin, oh my goodness, our government is going crazy about that because it's decentralized. On June 18th, the cryptocurrency market crashed. Since then, the market has been steadily recovering as fears of this further market failures continue to subside. As decentralized cryptocurrencies surge in popularity, major governments around the world have a growing interest in not losing control of their money. And they're exploring and creative creating their own digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, what all this is geared towards. One of the biggest benefits that has been touted about cryptocurrency by conservatives is that it is a decentralized, it's decentralized nature and the ability to free the financial market from tight government control. <laughs> Hence the government's efforts to, to roll out their own central bank digital currency. But the federal government has historically shown that it is, it absolutely is going to gain control over these new markets, and there's no reason to expect crypto to be any different. Several key points in the last century stand out as times where the U.S. government was able to take further control of financial systems. And they include, now I'm I'm quoting from an article here, they include the establishment of the Federal Reserve and especially the Federal Reserve Act, again, in 1913. I'll get into that in a moment, what that's all about. And the official abandonment of the gold standard in 1971 and the subsequent adoption of fiat currency by the government. The dollar bills that you have in your billfold now, those are Federal Reserve notes. Okay, You'll understand what the Federal Reserve is by the end of this program. A lot of people don't know that. I've been talking about it a lot here over the last couple, two or three months, and but I've got responses back that people had no clue about this stuff. And there's a, a cabal of private bankers that have been raising and lowering interest rates and controlling the economy of the United States of America for decades and decades now, folks. You thought it was, hey, it's our, part of our government, right? But it's not. A, a, a worrisome addition to the U.S. government's expansion of control would be the establishment of this central bank digital currency, a CBDC as it would increase the government's monopoly on the financial market. A central bank digital currency is a government-issued or a Federal Reserve, a central bank-issued cryptocurrency that runs on blockchain. Many of you that are invested in cryptocurrency, you would understand what blockchain is and is managed by the central bank. Now imagine the central bank digital currencies around the world being managed by this on a, on a blockchain platform 
and also the ID for the uh, ID 2020 by the United Nations, their global numbering system is going to be on a blockchain platform. So think about all of this, being able to validate or invalidate your number on, at just a click of a computer button. Again, this goes back to Bible prophecy, and believe me, I'll get there in just a moment. So when we talk about central bank digital currencies, they would empower the government. And we're going to get deep into this as we go throughout the rest of the program because I want you to know what's happening here in the United States and is the ongoing fulfillment of a Bible prophecy about the master plan of the dragon or Satan throughout the end time. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME. Or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. As I said, the central bank digital currency would empower the government. I'll get into that in just a moment. But like the you heard the commercial there about the conferences that I will be teaching this coming Thursday evening. I know this is a little different. Normally it's Saturday night, Sunday morning, but this coming Thursday evening, August 11th at 7 p.m., I'm going, my, my wife and I, Doug and Tina Norvell will be with us. We will be in Fort Smith, Arkansas. We went up there for many years and always done it on a Thursday evening. So this coming Thursday, August 11th, 7, 8, 7 p.m., I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy We'll be at the same church we've always been at, the Pentecostal Church, 3700 Kelly Highway in Fort Smith, Arkansas. So we'll look forward to seeing you up there. And then on Saturday night, we're going to drive up to Branson, Missouri, and we will be at the God and Country Theaters, 1840 
West 76 County Country Boulevard in Branson, Missouri. That's August 13th at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. That's on, again, that's on a Saturday. And I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy up there. If you haven't heard that, you need to hear that lesson. Know what's coming at us, where we're at on the end time timeline. And so, wow, Thursday evening, Fort Smith, Fort Smith Arkansas, and Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, Branson, Missouri. We'll be there with Jerry Presley, who is Elvis Presley's cousin. And so he owns the God and Country Theaters. So we'll be there Saturday at 2 o'clock. I uh, look forward to seeing you there. We always had great crowds, and so we've been, actually been there many times as well. So look forward to seeing you back in Branson, Missouri this coming weekend. Okay, so central bank digital currencies empowering the government. Um, you know, as it stands, major governments already have significant control over their citizens' money, right? I mean, think about this. In Canada, just over uh, the last, what, six months or so, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was able to close down the bank accounts of the participants in the, that uh, trucker pro- protest to force their dispersal. Remember, however, a central bank digital currency would enable the federal government to centralize itself like never before. Just with a click of a button, folks. They're programming them. And so well, they'll be able to program them. That's what, set, that's what all these social credit scores and all these things, they're all tying in together. Hey, you're part of a, 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 a trucker protest? Well, we'll just invalidate your, your ability to have access to your money. That's what, it, that's what would happen under a central bank digital currencies. The government would have the power to do that. Now, again, think about the central bank digital currency and what's going on in America, and I'll get more into that by the end of the program, but we put together a DVD called Master Plan of the Dragon, and it explains what, um, what this is, uh, without a doubt, a precursor to the Mark of the Beast. You can purchase that DVD, Master Plan of the Dragon, by calling 1-800-363-8463 or by visiting our store at endtime.com. I'm only going to cover one-third of that lesson. That's all I'll have time for to today. If you want to get to all of it, the Brookings Institute, the Council on Foreign Relations, what that's all about, and Satan's Master Plan, you can purchase that DVD. Some of the information on that DVD, though, helps to explain the significance of the central bank digital currency in the grand scheme of things when we're talking about the future Mark of the Beast system. So I'm just going to hit a few of the highlights from the lesson of the Master Plan of the Dragon so you can understand what's going on here in America, and it has been going on for decades. I'll know that a lot of people that listen to us have never heard some of this, and so you need to understand what's going on. So here we go. When we talk about, we talk about the Master Plan of the Dragon, when we talk about the dragon or Satan... His master plan was actually launched here in America between 1913 and 1921. The Bible tells us who the dragon is in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent which called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole earth. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. That's at the war in heaven in Revelation 12. 
So it tells us right there, the dragon is Satan. Satan's master plan is described in in detail, really, in Revelation 13, verse 8. It all boils down to this. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So notice the goal here. All shall worship Satan. The Bible says in Revelation 13 that everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life will worship the dragon, Satan. Satan's master plan is to get you and me and every person on the earth to worship him. He hates when we worship God. He loves it when we worship or when people worship him. Revelation 13:15 says it again. It says, "And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast that they should be killed." Worship is as mentioned I think four or five times in Revelation chapter 13. Worship, worship, worship. That's Satan's goal. Satan's master plan. Getting everybody to worship him. He's going to get really serious about implementing the plan as we go along. The Bible says when he's cast out into the earth, he knows that he hath but a short time. That's when the mark of the beast is going to be doled out. Whoever will not uh, capitulate and bow the knee to the one world governing system the, and the Antichrist, the agent, uh, and to Satan himself, the Antichrist would be Satan's agent, he is even going to resort to some people killing them in the times that are just ahead. You can read it again, Revelation chapter 13. So that is Satan's master plan. Get everybody on earth to worship him. The goal of the master plan, force everyone in the world to worship Satan through the Antichrist who will be his agent here. Now, even Jesus Christ, because Satan's been doing this for thousands of years now. He's really good at it. That's why you better understand the Bible, have a working knowledge, and be spirit-led. Have a daily prayer life. Serve God. It's the only way you can overcome Satan. The Bible says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Even Jesus Christ was tempted to worship Satan. You remember uh, the amount of temptation? He's, uh, Satan said, if you will but fall down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. You remember? It has always been Satan's goal to get everybody to worship him and not God. So all will worship Satan except those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Whatever you do, make sure your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life by being born again today. So what do you mean born again? If you don't know how to be born again, call 1-800-363-8463, ask for the brochure, go to endtime.com. You can read it all right there. It's, it's a, there's, a, there's a big explanation. It's not a one-sentence explanation. And the apostles didn't explain it in one sentence because there's a lot to it. There's discipleship. There's a lot to being born again. So we want to make sure that we understand the the entire scope of it and what each element of it means and what you're supposed to do and give you all the scriptures. So, the entire chapter of Revelation 13 is devoted to the master plan of the dragon. That's what I'm going to hit on today 
and then I'll wrap it up with what, some of what Joe Biden's doing. Revelation 13, verses 1 through 8, talks about the coming one world government. Verses 11 through 15 are devoted to the one world religion, and verses 16 through 18 are devoted to the mark of the beast, or the one world global economy that's coming. Now, there's a big question, there's a, there's a big um, question, I should say, there's a big deception that goes all the way back to the White House. It goes all the way to the United Nations, all the leaders of the world. And their theory is that, well, they say we'll, we'll never have peace on earth until we remove the sources of conflict. They say that there are three main sources of conflict on the earth. Conflict among nations, political conflicts, and conflict among religions. And economic conflict. So, nations are political, religious, and economic. Three different ones. So, the theory goes that if we could have a one-world government, a one-world religion, and that everybody everybody could agree on, and one-world economy, that we would remove the causes of war upon the earth, and finally we could have peace. Now, we know that that's simply not the case. The only way you can have true peace is by being born again and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But the United Nations, all these uh, politicians, they think in humanitarian, human solutions, humanitarian organizations. Nothing to do with God. No no reliance upon God. And so that's why they don't even like to, you can say the word God, but don't mention the word Jesus. You might offend somebody, right? But Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, I love Jesus, everybody, and I'm not ashamed to say that. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, back to prophecy. You get me talking about Jesus, I'm going to get excited. Now, that's the plan. To have a world government, world religion, and a global economic system. Now, let's look at these things one at a time. Let's go to verses 1 through 8. Of Revelation chapter 13. And let's look at the prophecy about the one world government really quick because I'm going to get into what's going on today and some of this history. I'm going to go through some history and bring you up to speed once we get through the prophecy. Revelation 13, 7, the Bible says, And it was given him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, nations, and tongues. Well, that sounds like a world government to me, right? Doesn't it? Over all kindreds, nations, and tongues? It is the prophesied world government. Revelation 13, 1 through 8 talks about a beast. Not four beasts in Daniel 7, one singular beast. In Bible prophecy, a beast always talks about a nation or a, or a kingdom along with the ruler of that nation or kingdom. So this is a prophecy about the end time government of the Antichrist. The beast in Revelation 1, 13, 1 through 8 describes the world government and its leader, the Antichrist. So the prophecy of Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 8, is situated three and... If you look on a timeline, it's three and one half years before the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. It says that in verse 5. In verse 5 it says, And power was given unto the beast to continue... 42 months, three and a half years. 
The Antichrist is only going to have three and a half years when he shows up. Not very much time. When you see 42 months, uh, 1260 days, uh, time, times, and half a times, or time, times, and the dividing of time in Scripture, it's referring to the final three and one half years immediately preceding the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we know exactly where we are. It's just ahead of us now. There's definitely a, a prophecy about an end-time world government and the prophecy of an Antichrist. Second, the one world religion is in Revelation 13, verses 11 through 15. Notice verses 11 and 12. It says, I be, and I beheld another beast. This is the second one in this chapter. And it says he's coming out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises, now remember who the dragon is, okay? Satan. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. And his goal will be to cause the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So this beast is like a lamb. It has two horns like a lamb. Now, uh, when you think in scriptural terms, well, hey, lamb, I mean, that's good, right? Who's the lamb in the Bible normally? Jesus Christ. The lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, right? So you normally think, well, lamb, that's a good thing. So the second beast is going to look like Jesus Christ, a religious figure, a Christian. But the Bible says that he will speak like the dragon, You've got to understand all these little clues in these prophecies. Who's the dragon? We've already found out that that's the devil. So this person is going to be a, an individual that looks like a Christian. He's going to be Christ-like, but he speaks like the devil. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 24, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, Hey, we're a Christian. But will deceive many. This is why you've you've got to know your Bible, folks. I mean, this is the depiction of the false prophet. The Bible teaches us there are two rulers in the end time: a political leader and a spiritual leader. The political leader will be the leader of the world governing body. The spiritual leader will be in complete alliance with the uh, political leader, and he will be the head of the one world religious system. And so we're talking about the false prophet here. And it's something that you've got to watch for in the end time, because we will see these individuals. They're alive on the earth right now. And we will see these individuals come to power in just the very near future. So looking forward to it, false prophet and the Antichrist won't be very long and they'll be coming to power. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. So when we're talking about the world religious leader in the end time, the false prophet, he's going to be the world's leading Christian, the most recognized Christian on the planet. But yet he's going to speak so deceptively that the world's going to obey him. But the fact is, they will be obeying the master plan of the dragon. Remember, the Satan is the, the spiritual entity that's driving all of this the world government, the world religion, the mark of the beast. That's the reason we need more than a surface knowledge of of God's word in these last days. We better know what we believe, folks, because there will be people that come along that say, hey, we're a Christian, but they're teaching a deceptive message. You've got to know what the scriptures say. We need to get our Bibles off the shelf and start reading them because it's God's word that will keep us from going into apostasy and into error. One more thing we need to notice while we're here, uh, and, and we're talking about this second beast, is the Bible says he causes the world to follow the first beast. He's going to endorse the world government. We see this happening now. He's going to tell all the people of the world, this is a good thing. This is a, this, this is a, an entity, a, a man from God even. You should follow this man. This man will lead us to peace. But don't you believe it because it's really the master plan of the dragon. The Bible says everyone will worship him whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm going to be shouting this warning all the way till I either pass from this world or that trumpet sounds. I'm going to make sure everybody knows when we know who the Antichrist is, I'm going to be saying he's the guy. Don't follow him. Then we get to the one world economy. This is what I want to focus on today. Verse 16 through 18 of Revelation 13. The whole chapter is devoted to these three phases of the end time plan. The political system, the religious system, and the economic system. Revelation 13, 16 through 17 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell... Save he that had the mark or the number or the, the uh, name of the beast or the number of his name. The Bible says 
that economic pressure, economic sanctioning is what the devil is going to use to force people to compliance. He will use a, 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 um, this global economic sanctioning system, like they do nations now, to force people into compliance, to bow down to his edicts. And we already see this happening. Bow to the edicts of the Antichrist or we will invalidate your number so you won't be able to participate in the economy. That is exactly what these central bank digital currencies, along with these social credit scores, will be able to do. Study what's going on in China. You'll see what I'm saying. They are... Um, ways to control people's behavior or their thought processes. It's already happening in China, folks. Now, this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy. And this has never been possible before, but it is now. Many of you probably seldom use cash. They're trying to move you onto this digital platform. And since you don't need cash anymore, what's really important it's your number that you use to function. You can buy anything you want from anywhere in the world as long as you've got your number. I can order something from China today just by using a number. I don't need to send them cash just by using a number. Think about it. Control of the human race is Satan's goal in the end time. And he intends to use economic control. One of the lessons I'm teaching on Saturday night at some of my prophecy conferences is the Antichrist socialistic kingdom. Socialism is the economic, it's socialism, communism, synonymous terms. Communism, the military comes in, they take over. Okay? It's the political portion, the political side. Socialism is the economic side where they come in and take over the economy. They did that in the United States years ago. So Satan's master plan was launched in America between 1913-1921. Let's go through some history, and then I'll bring you back up to today. There were three institutions that were born back in the early 1900s. The first one was the economic institution that controls our economy today. It's called the Federal Reserve Bank. And its job was to gain control of the economy. Have they done a good job? You better believe they have. In 1916, the Brookings Institute was born, and it's a think tank that produces the policies for the government plus the talking points for all the major media in order to tell us what we should be worried about or thinking about or uh, mad about or happy about that day because they're pushing an agenda. It's all by grand design. And the Brookings Institute, again, it's a think tank. And it has now become the number one liberal think tank in America, even providing papers for the government writing the president's speeches. But it's the liberal think tank called the Brookings Institute. I'm going to shelf that one. Not going to focus on that today. Also, the third one in 1921, the Council on Foreign Relations was born. Now the Council on Foreign Relations is designed to crank out the people that will actually be the politicians that rule the government and to establish policies to move us into a one-world governing body. They groom these politicians to hold those positions. And that's why many of them, 
you, you understand uh, Rhino, Rhino or um, Republican in name only. Many of those people have been through some of this schooling to prepare them for the, whether you get a Republican or a Democrat in there, you still get the same agenda being pushed. That's how it's done. Those people are groomed for those positions. One man, I got, I got to tell you some of this history though. One man participated in the starting of all three of these organizations in the early 1900s. The Federal Reserve is designed for the economic portion. The Brookings Institute is designed for the belief systems. The Council on Foreign Relations is designed for the governmental system. And one man was responsible for helping to put all of those together. His name was uh, Mr. Paul Warburg. Okay? And as I go through this, remember, all of the talk right now from Joe Biden about the Federal Reserve, the, the, the Bank for International Settlements, and the central bank digital currencies, all of this history is going to point us in that direction. Okay, Now, Mr. Paul Warburg was a member of the M.M. Warburg & Company banking family, one of the most powerful banking firms in Europe. Back in 1895, Warburg married Nina Loeb. She was the daughter of Solomon Loeb, founder of the Kuhn Loeb Company, which was one of the largest banks in America. This formed an alliance between what was probably the largest banking firm in Europe, that was the Warburg and Company, and the Kuhn Loeb Company here in the United States of America. Now... <clears throat> Let's look a little bit closer at this um, Paul Warburg. In 1902, Warburg moved to the United States and became a partner in the Kuhn Loeb Company. He also remained partner in the Warburg family firm in Hamburg, Germany. So he's a key player in Germany, in Europe, since Germany is at the heart of Europe, and he's a key player in the United States of America, in, in our, the the banking industry. Because of his outstanding knowledge, people thought, well, hey, he's the most knowledgeable person about banking on the earth. And because of his outstanding banking knowledge, he's quickly became very influential in banking circles in the United States. Also, upon arriving in America, he devoted himself to writing papers about why America should have a central bank. Now, America had resisted all the way back since 1776, having a central bank because our forefathers understood that if you get a central bank that can control all of the economics of a nation, that they, will in, they, they would soon enslave the nation. So Americans fought that from the beginning of our nation. It had been tried several times, but we never would allow it to happen. However, Mr. Paul Warburg began to write very persuasive papers as to why we should, in fact, have a central bank system here in the United States of America. Well, soon he acquired a, a really powerful ally by the name of Senator Nelson Aldridge of Rhode Island. Now, you may recognize the name Nelson Aldridge because his daughter married John D. Rockefeller Jr. And their, their son was then named Nelson Aldridge Rockefeller, who then became vice president of the United States of America. So you can see how all this trail plays out over time. 
Anyway, he acquired this very, very powerful ally, Senator Nelson Aldrich of Rhode Island. He was the czar of the Republican Party and chairman of the Senate Finance Committee. So what did they want? They wanted a central bank. They, remember, Warburg had come from Europe. He's trying to tie everything over, bring his banking firm and everything into this big banking firms here in the United States. But they wanted a central bank. They wanted to control the economy of the United States. But there was so much opposition to a central bank that they decided they had to do things in secret. So, in November of 1910, somebody said, hey, let's all go hunting. But none of them were hunters. And everybody watched everything these powerful bankers did. So, they had to be very careful. So, what they did, they, had all, they got all these gun cases. It looks like they're going to go all on this one big hunting trip. And they all got on trains to go to the secret meeting out on a place called Jekyll Island. It's off the coast of Georgia. You can go there today and visit. Everything I'm telling you can be read for yourself. You can read um, G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Isle. There's many books written on this stuff. But under the guise of this duck hunt, Senator Aldridge, Paul Warburg, and four other experts sneaked off to discuss bank reform at this secret hideaway on Jekyll Island off the Georgia coast. Now, those in attendance included Henry Davidson of the Morgan Bank, Frank Vanderlip of the National City Bank, Benjamin Strong, Vice President of Bankers Trust Company, Piet Andrew, <clears throat> former Secretary of the National Monetary Commission, and at that time, Assistant Secretary of Treasury. Um, and so the, all of these guys were in attendance out on the island. Now, <clears throat> the real purpose of this duck hunt was to formulate a plan for U.S. banking and currency reform that Aldrich could present to the Congress in order to establish a central bank here in America. Now, this secret meeting on Jekyll Island, which happened uh, again in November of um, 1910, the year my grandfather was born, during the secret meeting of the powerful banking interest, the general outline for the Federal Reserve Act was determined and Paul Warburg was the principal architect. Remember the original article that I read by the Federalist, how that the, these, um, the United States has tried many times to take over our economy, and the Federal Reserve Act was one of the main ways that they were actually end up, they ended up able to be able to do that. Well, that's what's happened. A lot of that started back here with Warburg in the early 1900s. <clears throat> so... You kind of get the idea where I'm going, but I'm going to a central bank digital currency because this is what we're going to have to deal with here in the very near future. Most of the central banks around the world are already looking into rolling this out, and some already have. Guess what? The Federal Reserve is coming very soon. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So, Paul Warburg was the architect of the Federal Reserve Act. What's that got to do with us? Well, it is still affecting you and me today. The purpose of the Federal Reserve Act was to place the control of America's money in the hands of the private bankers. If it was passed, and it was, the Federal Reserve Board would set interest rates and determine the amount of money in circulation. This is what they do today. Have you ever heard them say over the news, well, the Congress is getting ready to raise the interest rates? You don't hear that, do you? That's the way our Constitution sets it up. But you always hear, well, the Federal Reserve is getting ready to raise interest rates, right? Because that's what the Federal Reserve Act did. Now, it has always been the job of the Congress up until the Federal Reserve Act was signed. In a Constitution of the of the, um, in a Constitution of the United States, the Congress is to set the interest rates. The Congress is to determine the amount of money in circulation. And that's how you regulate the economy. A group of elected officials, not a private club of bankers, but that's how it is. The Federal Reserve today is that private club of bankers. And it's going to now take that away from Congress and put it into the hands of these private bankers. If uh, you remember a, a man named Mayor Amschel Rothschild, he said, hey, you give me control of a nation's money, I don't care who makes their laws. And they were grasping for control of America's money. There's an interesting quote from G. Edward Griffin's Jekyll Isle book. He said if it was stated in there that if it were to be exposed publicly, that our particular group, he's talking about the, the elite bankers, had gotten together and written a, written a banking bill, that bill would have had no chance whatsoever of passage by the Congress. That was Frank Vanderlip, the president of the National City Bank of New York. So they, they did all this in secret. So what was the outcome? December 23rd, 1913, the Federal Reserve was enacted. The Federal Reserve Act became law. Stock was owned by private stockholders. They gave private banking interest control of the U.S. economy. Mr. Paul Warburg was the father of the Federal Reserve. He actually bears the name. He moved to the United States in 1902, became, again, partner of that Kuhn Loeb Company, began promoting the central bank, designed the Federal Reserve System in 1910, and he wasn't even a U.S. citizen yet. He was still a citizen of Germany. In 1911, he became a U.S. citizen and was appointed a member of the Federal Reserve Board by President Woodrow Wilson. All this stuff, folks, was pre-planned. It's all by grand design. 
the master plan to control our economy was imported straight from Europe. And what we tried to get away from for years, intimately acquainted with European central banks, especially the German Reichsbank, Warburg didn't claim to originate new banking principles so much as he just simply imported European practices over here to the United States. And now you understand why I have been talking so much lately about these central bank digital currencies. You have to understand what the Federal Reserve is and what the Federal Reserve Act did all the way back there in 1913. These central bank digital currencies certainly are a precursor to the mark of the beast system that's coming. I I just saw a report. I think I've told you about this, but 90%, this is from the Bank for International Settlements, which is the central, the, the, um, the central bank of the central bank banks around the world. It's the hub. And the central bank put out a report earlier this year that said already 90% of the central banks around the world are looking into a central bank digital currency. Well, I'm following this very closely because I knew at one point in time, I talked to my, a lot of my friends with digital cryptocurrencies and things, and I, they're decentralized, and I had one friend of mine that was telling me that they were getting ready, many major um, companies were getting ready to start res, uh, accepting Bitcoin and all these different things for, as a currency. And I thought, the government is going to hammer down on these cryptocurrencies. That's what these central bank digital currencies are designed to do. Now, to prove that, the White House, just over the last few months, the White House... Um, published a, an executive order that Joe Biden has signed, and it's the executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets. That's what it's called. It was back on March 9th of this year. And it states, I want to quote just a paragraph from that. It says, within 180 days, now this was back in March, within 180 days of the date of this executive order, the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy and the chief technology officer of the United States in consultation with the Secretary of the Treasury and this, listen at this, and the chairman of the Federal Reserve, you say, well, they have nothing to do with the government. They're a, a, a cabal of private bankers. Ah, yes, but the Federal Reserve Act was signed by these private club of bankers all the way back in the early 1900s, and this is how we're functioning. So the, the, the private, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, the chairman of the private club of bankers is working with our government in Joe Biden's executive order and the heads of other relevant agencies that in 180 days that they, will, they shall submit to the president a technical evaluation of the technological infrastructure capacity, and expertise that would be necessary at relevant agencies to facilitate and support the introduction of, here it is, a central bank digital currency system, should one be proposed. Should one be proposed, that's what this executive order is all about, folks. So now you get an idea. Now you've got some history behind, and and there's some, uh, you can kind of sink your teeth into what's going on when Joe Biden says, We've got to have a central bank digital currency. The Bank of Israel 
is talking about um, implementing a, a, and rolling out a central bank digital currency. So, I found an article because this all ties into what? Satan's master plan for the end time. I just read an article today, Breitbart. The Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, pushes a cashless society and central bank digital currencies. Well, imagine that, folks. You think these people haven't been getting together and talking about all of this for decades? A few excerpts from this article. The global architects of the Great Reset at the World Economic Forum have thrown their weight behind the concept of a central bank digital currency, claiming that the state-controlled cryptocurrencies will revolutionize the future of finance. Catch that right there? A state-controlled cryptocurrency. That's why they don't want Bitcoin and all these others that are decentralized. They want a centralized digital currency, a central bank digital currency. What's a central bank? It's a private club of bankers. The World Economic Forum has released a list of technologies that will that it believes will change the world by 2027, which includes such new world order staples as the metaverse and these so-called green energy. In this list, uh, that uh, the Klaus Schwab-led group, World Economic Forum, said that central bank digital currencies will revolutionize the financial system through increasing financial inclusion, improving the lives of billions of people globally, by providing access to cheap, affordable financial services. That all sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Until you realize the amount of control the government will have over the populace. For bankers and issuers, they'll be, and again, I'm quoting here, for bankers and issuers, they'll be able to integrate their existing infrastructure and be able to provide a broad spectrum of central bank digital currency lease payment-related services and exercise Cross-chain interoperability, man, interoperability protocols for universal payment access to digital national currencies, stablecoins, NFTs, and the metaverse and more. So, as opposed to Bitcoin, which operate on decentralized basis with no single entity or person having control over the value, ownership, or functions of these coins, central bank digital currencies act like a digital form of traditional fiat currency in that they are issued by central banks and therefore they're ultimately beholden to the whims of the state. And in addition to spearheading the infamous social credit score that is going happening in China, communist China also became the first major world economy to issue a central bank digital currency, it was introduced a, um, introducing a crypto version of the RMB, also known as the digital yuan. That was in, uh, what, uh, let's see, what is this? That was in 2021, last year. So far, over a quarter of a billion people have signed up for that state-owned digital wallet in the communist country. Such is the capability of central bank digital currencies that American lawmakers warned athletes to not use the digital yuan while they were competing at the Beijing Olympics for fear of it being used to sur- as a surveillance tactic against these U.S. athletes. We knew exactly what they're doing, but now we're wanting to implement a central bank digital currency here. 
While most of these cryptocurrencies are traceable to some degree, the larger concern with central bank digital-issued digital currencies is that they may be used as de facto versions of social credit scores to force citizens into complying with the wishes of the government. They're going to program these things to say what you can buy and sell with them. China is not the only government that has realized that a digital currency issued by the state could vastly increase the state power. The Bank of England currently is developing cryptocurrency versions of the pound, and they have suggested that the British central bank digital currency, get this, could be used as a means of behavioral control. You go along with the edicts of the state, will allow you to have a valid access to a central bank digital currency. You do not go along with the edicts of the state. Sorry, you're a bad actor. And we're going to have to invalidate your number. Now, let's go back to Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 21. The Bible says that they will give everyone, the Antichrist, false prophet, the world government, false religion, will give everyone their own unique identification number, a mark, without which you're going to be able to buy or sell. These central bank digital currencies are programmable, and they will be able to control what you use the money for, or and even a behavioral system. Will you pledge allegiance to the state? That's where all this is headed, folks. And you say, well, do you know 100% that it's a central bank digital currency? I'm telling you that this is a precursor to it. We're headed right in the direction for all of this. And it's a 2,000-year-old prophecy. What am I saying? We're right here prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm not sensationalizing this story. This is history, and it is currently happening. And so I want you to know, again, everyone will worship this entity whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life today. If you haven't been born again, the Bible says this is the day of salvation. Be born again today. God bless each and every one of you because we're in the end time. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.